This is message three on the love of God. And we, we've laid a good, good foundation, but today we're going to really get into what I really, we're going to start to get into what I've really been looking forward to. This subject is not taught a lot. I could tell you this, that in my life, when, when this changed in my life and I learned of the love of God, everything changed in my life. And I thought, I thought that I knew about the love of God. And I thought, you know, the love of God is this incredible force that changes your life and all this stuff. And, but because I didn't understand what the love of God really is, I never could grasp his incredible love for me, his unconditional love for me. And so when I, when I realized that and got a revelation of, of, of that, that, that love is not a feeling, right? Love is not an emotion, okay? Then you come into the Christian world, and I would even teach that love, well, you know, love is a decision, okay? Um, but then I realized something. I, I still remember when the Lord told me this. He said, Tony, I don't have love. I am love. He says, I operate by faith, but I am love. And that day, the Lord told me, the love of God that you've been teaching about is not a feeling, it's not an emotion. And, and as you've been really teaching, it's about, this was years and years ago, it's, it's not a decision. The love of God is a person. And when you realize that, that the love of God was shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit who is love, and now everything operates out of that. Why does a person not trust God? Why does a person make a decision not to honor God in their finances? Because they don't know how much God loves them. Why does a person not understand and unlock the treasures in all the epistles which teach us who we are and what we've been given in Christ? Because they don't understand the love of God. We're going to see how that faith works by love. I mean, we're going to really look at that word works because it's amazing. But you have to walk, and this is where I hope this leads you. And if, you'll, if you will but start meditating in some of these scriptures, you will discover he who is love. Man, I'm telling you, the love of God constrains me. The love of God strengthens me. The love of God is what causes me to walk holy before him. The love of God is what causes me to run back to him if I ever get in my flesh. Because if you've ever fallen, if you've ever done anything stupid in your life, here's the root. You lost sight of the fact that God loves you unconditionally. Because faith works by love. It's impossible to walk by faith if you're not walking in a revelation of God's love. And so we're going to talk about that today, if that's okay. If it's not, 
get over yourself and we're going to talk about it anyway. Praise God. You know, and, and I don't know what's going to happen to me today. I just might explode because, you know, last Sunday I was in church. Then Monday I wasn't in church. But then Tuesday morning, man, we had a great men's Bible study. Then Wednesday night I ministered in church. Then Thursday night I went to hear Kenneth Copeland minister and, and was with a whole bunch of believers. And Friday night with Copeland, with a whole bunch of believers in church, you know. You guys think I'm long-winded? Man, his sermon is twice as long as mine for the offering. That doesn't even count the sermon, right? Um, and then Saturday night, uh, it was wonderful to just, uh, you know, just be and worship God with all these wonderful believers. And uh, so now here we are Sunday. So I've been in the crock pot, right? And it's a, it's a nice crock pot. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 34. And guys, I have to tell you, and I know I'm speaking for my wife too, my lovely wife, we so appreciate you guys. You know, I, I deal with a lot of pastors and minister to them that go through a lot of stuff at church that have people in their church coming up to them. I don't agree with you and arguing and all that. Do you know, we've just never had that here. You know, and uh, it, it's just wonderful. Jeanette and I live in a wonderful environment. I, I believe all our pastors could say that. You know, you guys are just amazing. And the hunger level and your love for God and your desire for him is awesome. And, and, and for some, it's funny, some that get, they're just, they're just not there yet. They just keep coming. And, 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 and God is, they don't even know how much God is moving them. He's getting rid of all, those, all that junk in their unrenewed mind. And all of a sudden one day they're like, oh, whoa, wait, I get this. Man, don't worry about the journey. The journey's awesome. But God loves you. And uh, I so appreciate you. So Jesus, we read this before. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now we're going to see that, what, what that means. We're going to really talk about what that means. What does it mean to love God? What does it mean, therefore, to love others? This series could possibly go down as the greatest series on faith, the greatest marriage series, the greatest parenting series, the greatest series on prosperity and healing, because all of it has its roots in the love of God. So our new commandment, is we must love one another as God loves us. That's unconditionally. And you can't do that in your own ability and strength. We can only do that because love dwells on the inside of us. Right? So as we learn to yield to him, as we learn to allow the love of God to literally dominate our life. And for that to do that, you have to invite him because he doesn't force himself on you, right? This is how all men are gonna know that we are identified with Jesus if we love one another. 
I love this. So now let's get into some stuff now. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. You guys doing all right? You look good. You're a good looking bunch. When I look at you, I see hunger and I love that. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to go to verse 7 and then we're going to read verse 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God for God is love. He doesn't have love, he is love. And this word know, remember, it's the Greek word genosko. It means, it, it means to know so intimately that things are literally, literally conceived in you and birthed out of you. So when you look at it that way, he that loves not knows not God intimately. Right? Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God intimately. One of the biggest ways you're going to know God intimately is as you allow this vertical love relationship that you have to dominate your life so that that is shown to your brothers and sisters. As you grow in the Lord, you, you, the predominant thing you grow in is your love for your brothers and sisters. Your love for this local church that he's planted you in. You, you, start, to, you start to come to church instead of just going, you know, I'm just part, I just come to hear the word, right? Word of faith people, I just come, I'm just coming to hear the word. Okay, you, let me get you a pacifier. And we'll check your diaper, and then you could sit there. And, and, and God's able to get all his revelation through that little tiny hole of self, right? But no, when you realize, when you start to realize that God loves me, that his love for me is not based on what I do and who I am. It's based on him. He just, so that means when you in your own mind are just, man, you're always meditating in the word, you're always walking in love, you're leading people to Christ, you're hitting on all cylinders, you're walking by faith. That's part that when you're doing that, he loves you. When you're over here looking at things, doing things, are in places where you shouldn't be, and you've kind of forgot about him, guess what? He loves you just as much. Boy, you need to know that. When you mess up, you could run back to him because he just loves you. He doesn't ever get offended by you. Does that make sense? Man, I go to the Lord every day. You know, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins. Do you know in the Greek language, it, literally, it would literally read, if we continually confess our sins. Right? I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing. And... Uh, we're not confessing our sinful nature because you don't have one. You're confessing sinful and unrighteous behavior and you go to your God and confess that. It's already been paid for in the, in the body of Jesus. But then God says, listen, 
I'll, I'll forgive and I'll cleanse so that you can maintain fellowship with me. But, you know, I always tell the Lord whenever I, I have those times when I have to go before him and say, hey, I confess this. this. I said this. This was my attitude and it was wrong. I confess it before you. And, and I always go to the Lord and say, Father, as you know, I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart towards anyone. Do you know how easy that is to do? It's impossible to do if you don't know that God loves you. But if you walk in a revelation of how much he loves you, it falls off of you like it's nothing. Because you know why? You are born of love, just like he is, right? And I'm telling you, you know, what I say to the Lord, I'm like, I... Father, I forgive. I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart towards anybody. I forgive everybody who's ever wronged me because, Father, nobody's ever wronged me the way that I've wronged you. And I show them the same mercy and kindness and love that you have always shown me. And, Father, I pray that you don't hold their sins against them. If they've sinned, you know, and, and done something to hurt me, don't hold that sin against them. Man, my goal, no one will ever have to. Even those that are not saved at the white throne judgment, because the Bible says that I have, an, I have authority on this earth. Whosoever sins you forgive, they'll be forgiven. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. Lord, don't hold their sins against them. Think about Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive all these people. They don't even know what they're doing. You know, I have a feeling a lot of them probably got born again. But those that didn't will never. Let's say that Roman centurion never got saved. Guess what? He won't stand at the white throne judgment of Christ or of God to be judged all, where all the lost are judged for their sin. That one won't be brought up. That's kind of amazing. God loves. Love, remember this. This is not a feeling. Now, walking in love will produce great feelings. But feelings don't tell me that I'm in love, right? Feel, that's not what tells me I'm in love, and we'll get to this. Feelings are not the evidence of love, okay? Again, love is a person. The action of love, right? Or, or I'm sorry, the evidence of love is action. It's shown in what you do. In order, in order for Jeanette to know that I love her, it's not just a feeling, it's an action. She knows I love her because of my actions. Does that make sense? So let's keep going with this. What is the action of love then? The action of love as we are going to see very clearly in the word of God. The action of love is to be obedient to God's word and to be a doer of it. If you're not a doer of the word today, it's because you don't have a revelation of how much God loves you. In a matter of fact, if you don't have a revelation of how God loves you, you can't even walk in revelation. That's a big statement. 
We better back that up with scripture, right? To be a doer of God's word, we know this, right? We have to have the word of God first place in our life so that we follow that through with the action and lifestyle of meditating in his word day and night so that we can go from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. Meditating in the word, muttering it over and over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As I meditate in that, what I don't see is is a bridge is being built in my life. And it's a bridge to take me from being a hearer of the word where faith comes to being a doer of the word where I walk it out. And as I'm walking it out, that's the action of love. This is why faith works by love. Okay? I'm going to probably have to say that about a hundred times. But that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. To be moved by love means that you are being moved by God himself. Okay? This is really big. What does God move us to do? To obey his word. So to a husband, as I walk in a revelation of God's love for me, to a husband now, God's going to move me to do what? To love my wife unconditionally and to give myself for her. To prefer her before myself. It's going to cause the woman, right, the wife, it's going to cause her to honor and respect her husband even when he doesn't deserve it. Why, well, how can a woman do that? Because she's being moved by love. How can children obey their parents and honor their parents? Why do they not? Because they don't have a revelation of how much God loves them. Think about kids that are growing up that don't even know God. How can they possibly do that? Right? So this, what I want you to see is this is a flow. So obedience to God's word causes the love of God to be perfected in us. It causes it to be perfected in us. So our words and our actions, they flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. Let me say that again. All of your words and all of your actions flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. So if you do not have an ongoing revelation of God's love for you, your words coming out of your mouth and your actions are not going to be in line with the word of God. The more you grow here, the more you are able to walk this out here. So many Christians are just trying to be better. And it's not about that. It's about yielding to God on the inside, yielding to love, and letting that be what propels your actions, your behaviors, and your words. This is a big litmus test for where you are spiritually, right? That's why the Bible will say things like, 
you know, I don't care if you could prophesy or do all these things. And, you know, if you don't have love, it's nothing. Why? Because everything flows out of love. God's word is an expression of him who is love. God's word is a very, well, who, who, is, who is the word? Jesus. He is the express image of the Father who is love. So you can see the love of God in the word of God, always. Being a doer of God's word literally means you're walking in love. Well, I thought walking in love meant I just did nice things to people. No, walking in love means you're a doer of the word. People wonder why they have no desire for anybody else, their brothers and sisters, because they're just up to here with themselves. How, isn't that easy to be up to here with yourselves? I mean, life is, you know, on its best day, I don't care how beautiful the Pacific Ocean is, it's still the valley of the shadow of death. Right? I don't care the most beautiful. Go to Yosemite. I remember when I went to Yosemite, I almost wrecked. You know, you're, I went to Yosemite. I heard how glorious this place is. And I enter Yosemite Park, you know, and we were going up and going camping there. And uh, that's where I bought the Bowie knife because they told me there were animals. I, I'm not a big camper, right? So I'm just driving through this forest and I'm like, you know, for some people, forest really excites them. For me, it's waves and sand, you know? So I'm like, well, what was the big deal? I'm kind of talking to the people in my car. I'm like, what's the big deal? And then we go through this tunnel. And you break out of this tunnel, and there's Half Dome, the biggest piece of granite on the planet, right? There's the whole Yosemite Valley, or I'm sorry, there's El Capitan over here. That's the biggest one. The Half Dome's over here. There's a waterfall. There's this. You're just like, Wow. This is amazing, but on the best day, that's valley of the shadow of death. There's nothing in this world that can satisfy you like the love of God that is on the inside of you. Nothing. The love of God on the inside of you is what will cause you to find out who you really are. To walk fearless in this world. Remember, we said this before, and I'll say it again. To, to the degree that my love walk is deficient with him. That will be proportionate to how casual my relationship with him is. If your relationship with the Lord is casual, like if you had to dust, you know, if you, if you had to dust dust off your Bible, that's pretty casual, right? Now it's not as casual, at least you're dusting, you know, a lot of people don't even ever open their Bible. Right? But why is that? Because they don't have a revelation of how much God loves them. There's people that don't, they, they don't ever go into church because they've been hurt. Man, I could tell you stories about people that have been hurt in church that are mind-boggling. Things that pastors have done. You're just going, wow. Right? But why is that person not in church? Because they don't have a revelation of how much God loves them. Because when you have a revelation of that and you start walking in the love of God, you don't care, right? You're unoffendable. When somebody messes with you, you look at them and go, I wonder what's going on in their life that's causing them to talk to me that way or act that way or do that, right? You don't think about it. You don't take it personal. 
Your words and your actions, again, flow out of your love relationship with Jesus. We said this, right? We, we said this in relation to, because you're all called in the full-time ministry, right? You're going you're gonna to have to stand before God and give an account for that ministry when you get to heaven. But we said this many times, outer court horizontal ministry, right, is not what Jesus is after. What he is after is he desires secret place vertical intimacy with you. That's what produces all the fruit in your life. When you have vertical secret place intimacy with Jesus, it causes the fruit to be born out here. Do you know how many pastors there are that pastor usually little tiny Bible studies, and if you talk to them, they are very hurt and they're very frustrated because of what people have done to them. And, and some of them could tell you some great stories about how they've been hurt, but the reality of it is, it all is they've just lost sight on how much God loves them. Because you and I, have the ability to not, to not be moved by other people. God never wants you moved outwardly. Guys, to yield, some of your fruit that God wants you to yield in your season right now in your life, some of that fruit maybe rubs you the wrong way. Some of that fruit might be people that have hurt you, right? They might be people that you can't stand to be around but as you get this right, you will look at them differently. You'll actually sometimes even stand beside yourself and go, I can't even, this is weird. I should really be upset right now, and I couldn't even stir myself to get upset. That's the love of God. So this is big. Let's go to John chapter 15. Go a little deeper here. John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. Man, I love talking about the love of God. The Lord's helping me today because every time I, well, I can't talk about, every time I start talking about these scriptures, I just, I just see another dimension of God's love and it causes me to cry. Crying's really hard when you're preaching because you can't see anything, right? <laughs> it says here, as now, now this is what I want you to see here. As the Father has loved me, Jesus said, so I have loved you. Continue. Jesus is saying, this is right before he went to the cross, so continue in my love. He's saying to his, all of his disciples, guys, the way the Father, you have seen the way the Father loves me. Now I'm telling you, you can see the way the Father loves me because I've loved you with the same love, but now what's real important is you've got to continue in my love. Okay? Now he's going to tell you how to do that. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. This word abide means to settle down, to remain, and to continue in my love. The only way to continue in the unconditional love of God 
is to keep his commandments. Wow. Now, if Jesus was talking to them, right, about this, it's pretty important. And he says it this way, even as I have kept my father commandments and abide in his love. In other words, your Lord, your Savior, walked this way when he was on the earth. When you read the Gospels, you can see. He said, what feeds me, what strengthens me, the desire of my heart is to only do those things that please him. Why? Because Jesus walked in a revelation knowledge about how much God loved him unconditionally. Unconditionally. His vertical secret place intimacy with the Father is what birthed all of this outward ministry. The more you walk in this, the more fruit you'll bear. So many people want to get in the ministry and they don't have this right and they never go far here, even though God wants them to. You can't go any further here than you're going here. Do you see that? Huge. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8 literally says this at the end, or right at the beginning of verse 8. It says, love never fails. You could say it this way, God never fails. Therefore, anytime I act on the word of God, I cannot fail because God, who is love, cannot fail. Do you realize when you walk in the love of God and yield to that and learn to let that dominate, that's the dominant thing in my life. You're walking around all day in this amazing environment and atmosphere about how much God loves you, what that does is it puts you in a position to never fail. See, we don't, we don't come to this church so that, you know, we don't learn about positive thinking here, right? No, 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 we're Christians. Our thinking is to be unlimited because our God is unlimited. Forget positive thinking, that's like kindergarten. No, 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 God wants you to think unlimited. So when you face something in your life that there is no natural way out, you're not even moved. Doesn't affect your joy, doesn't affect anything because you know, no, 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 no. I know my God and he loves me. He's already provided a way out. He's already provided victory. He's already provided triumph. He's already given me his word. He's already given me everything. So just hide and watch. This thing's always going to work out for my good. Right? Love unconditionally by acting on God's word. Husbands, don't tell me you love your wife if your actions are not right. Don't tell me you love God if you're not keeping his word because you're not. And that's where the problem is. And it's okay. Don't feel guilty. Don't get, don't get condemned. Remember, there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation to those of us who are in Christ. You see that, and you make that adjustment because you have been created to walk in this. So in reality, if you look at the Word of God, we have two commandments as a New Testament believer. Really, it's one commandment 
that's walked out, you can't separate the two. So that's, that's why Jesus said a new commandment I give you. But the new commandment is we are to walk in the unconditional love of God, which causes us to walk by the faith of God. Right? Remember all the time, in the commanded tense in the Greek, the just will live by faith. The just will walk by faith. It's a command, but you can't, your faith doesn't work if you're not walking in the love of God. What do I mean? Walking in the love of God. I'm not talking about how you love your brothers and sisters. No, we got to go deep, deeper than that. The love of God is, are you doing the word? Is this right? You have to walk. Are you walking in a revelation knowledge that God loves you? He'll never love you any less. He'll never love you any more. He can't. He just loves you with everything that he is. He loves you as you're sitting here today just as much as he loves Jesus. Just as much. That's amazing. You can't comprehend that with your mind. Right? So these are our commandments. And, and this is how you know when your flesh is operating at full capacity, your spirit is weak. When your spirit is operating at full capacity, it will dominate your flesh. Right? And your actions and behaviors will be right. So now, let's look at some scriptures here. We're, let's look at John 14, verse 21. I want to show you where revelation knowledge is birthed from. The environment that revelation knowledge... What is revelation knowledge? You remember this, right? If God's words are like containers, okay? And it says in the, in, in the book of Psalms, the entrance... Or the opening of your words bring light. The, the Holy Spirit. So what happens as I meditate in the word. Father, I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you that you've redeemed me from the curse of the law. The curse of poverty and lack. The curse of sickness and disease. As I meditate in that, what happens is now the Holy Spirit opens up that on the inside of me and I go from being able to quote it, I go from understanding it in my mind, mental assenting to it, to where light comes and now my spirit got it. It is literally etched on my spirit. Revelation comes and then my spirit man transfers that into a thought and, and communicates that to my mind which starts to renovate my thinking. And then, and, and as, as, I, as I renew my mind, what happens? My life is transformed. But look at where it all starts. He that hath my commandments. This word hath in the Greek language means he who holds my commandments. That means I'm holding them. Everywhere I go, I have his commandments. They're always, they're always with me. What are they? I walk, I walk in the love of God. I walk in a revelation that he loves me unconditionally and I walk by the faith of God. Right? What did Paul say? I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. But yet, wait a minute, not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And now the life that I live in the flesh, how do I live it? 
by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. You see that? It's always faith and love. He that holds my commandments, to us it would, think about it this way, he who holds my word, right, and keeps them. Ouch. Keeps them. This word keep is interesting. It means to keep your eye upon them, to watch over them, and to guard them. So he that holds my word and keeps my word. How do I keep the word of God? I keep looking at it. Looking at the word of God is what empowers me to walk holy. Does that make sense? This is a lifestyle. Don't put the pressure on yourself to live holy. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Guys, I cannot tell you how important this is. Everybody wants to go into the deeper things of God. It doesn't get any deeper than this. He that holds my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and here we go, and will manifest myself to him. Well, who is Jesus? He's the word. So revelation knowledge comes from holding the word and keeping it. Keep your eyes on it. That will cause you to be a doer of the word. And then now the Father, Jesus, they abide with you and Jesus will manifest. That means to uncover, to reveal, to make visible to you him. That's revelation knowledge. Remember this, guys. Everything about your life as you meditate in the word of God until revelation knowledge comes, which comes in an environment of how you know that God loves you. And when revelation knowledge comes, what is it? You gain knowledge of who God is, and then you progress. Revelation knowledge comes, you gain knowledge of who he is, and then you progress. We call that the walk of faith. No revelation knowledge of him, right? No walk of faith. Not, you don't have little faith there, weak faith. No, no, you have no faith, right? You gotta know this. On Wednesday night, we're talking about our inheritance. We've been given everything, but the only way we could lay hold of it and bring it into this realm right now is through faith. And I'll manifest. Because see, you always pursue what you value, right? You really do. You hunger after what's important to you, right? You'll hunger after really what you're feeding on. So now, I want you to go to 1 John chapter 4. And I want to go through a few verses here. We're going to look at verse 16 to verse 21. Are you guys, is, is this helping you a little bit today? This is so key to your walk. You got to know, and I, and, I, and I want to encourage you, we have a real important date coming up here in a little over a week. If you're a Christian, you have to vote. And you better vote righteousness, because I'm telling you, there are a lot of people that want to take all the freedoms away from Christians. 
right? And I don't know about you, I like being able to just not get arrested and have my stuff limited and everything. Not that I'm willing, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm going to follow Christ. But we have to vote the right people in. And don't, here, here's the deal. I think Copeland even said this last night. If you look at both candidates and go, wow, that, that person's really bad. This person's kind of bad. I'm not voting for either one of these idiots. You just voted. And you just voted for the wrong person. Right? So forget de Democrat, forget Republican. You vote righteousness because you're a child of God. And we have freedoms here. We still have them. And this week, I want to encourage you, every day, pray for our nation. Pray that this election is fair. Pray that God would stir his church to vote the right people in to affect change in our nation for God. Amen? So, that was a commercial break. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. Check this out. Here's John, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, towards the end of his life, saying this. And we have known, Genosco, we have known so intimately <clears throat> that something has been conceived in us and birthed out of us. What is it? We have known and believed the love that God has to us. That's a little vague in the Young's literal translation. You know, actually, I'm going to read it to you. 1 John 4.16. Let me look this up real quick. That's why I had, thank you, Pastor Edwin, for getting my phone. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. The Young's literal translation, Dr. Young was a Hebrew and Greek scholar. So the reading of this version is a little odd because he, it, he literally translates, uh, translates it out of the language. It says here, it says, And we, we have known and believed the love that God hath in us. That Greek word should be in us. God is love, and he who is remaining in the love in God doth he remain, and God in him. So this is big, and we have known and believed the love that God has, I would put in your Bible, in us. God is love, and he that dwells, again, settles down, remains and continues in love. How do you do that? By being a doer of his word. Dwells in God, and God in him. See, when, you, when you're a doer of the word, you actually settle down in the love of God, and the love of God will actually become automatic. You'll respond out of the love of God first. It, it'll freak you out the first while when that happens. Right? You'll be like, man, I should be slapping this person, and, and I, I just want to love on them right? It'll kind of freak you out a little bit, but you'll get used to it because it's awesome. And the more you do that, the more you do that, you will find yourself in situations where you, you, you can't even stir up anger 
And then the Holy Spirit will be on your shoulder or on the inside of you going, see, that's the way I love you. So the next time you act stupid, just remember this. Because this is how I'm responding to you. When we miss it, God's like, man, I just want to help you. He's not, okay, I'm going to slap you. That's what the world thinks. Why? Well, of course they think that way. They don't know him. Right? Many in the church. Well, God heals some and not others. Really? That does not sound like my God. That does not sound like anything I've ever read. You know, could you enlighten me? Where is that in the Bible? Well, theologian so I don't care about theologian so-and-so. No, no, what, what does the word say? That's my final authority, right? My God is no respecter of persons. He loves every one of us the same, all the way. I love that. And we have known and believed the love that God has in us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Wow. See, why is this? Why is the fact that God has placed his love on the inside of you? The purpose and, object, and objective of all that God has done in you and placed in you, guess what? It's not for you. It's not, or not, I should say it this way, it's not for you only. If, if it was for us only, the minute you got saved, you'd just be raptured up. You'd just be out of here. No, no, no. You're here. He's placed all of this stuff in you so that you can show the world who he is. So that he can reach through you to reach the world. It's not for you. You're here to show the world Jesus. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect. Herein what? Herein what? We have known and believed the, God, the love that God has in us. In that, look at this, is our love made perfect. Now, be careful because the love of God does not develop. It's, it's, it's fully developed. So this word perfect means complete, to complete. It means to finish. It means to fulfill. It means to accomplish. And, and it, it literally means to accomplish by, accomplish by reaching a goal. So in other words, the love of God will be accomplished, Right? It'll be accomplished through your life that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness, this Greek word means freedom of speaking. In the day of judgment, this word judgment means in the day of crisis, in the day of accusation. What day is that, Pastor? Well, it's October 29th. Is it the 29th? 30th. It's, excuse me, false prophecy. It's the 30th, right? I'll give you a word of wisdom. Tomorrow it'll be the 31st. N knowing intimately and believing the love that God has placed in you will cause the love of God to be accomplished in your life so that you will have 
boldness so that you will, be, you will have a confidence to speak in the day of crisis. This word, or in the day of judgment, it means a crisis, an accusation. You know what the root of this word, the, the foundation of this word means? It means a separating. Do you know every crisis that comes in your life is coming for one purpose? Satan does not care about you. You are of no effect to him. He wants to separate you. He will bring crises in your life. He will accuse you for the purpose of separating you from the word of God. Because if he separates you from the word of God, how do you know God loves you through the word, through doing the word? So if he separates you from the word, you're done. You won't know who you are. You won't know what you're given. But oh, when that separation, that crisis comes to separate you and you have known and believed the love that God has in you, I am telling you, you will have boldness. You will freely speak. You'll say, no, it is written. He sent his word and healed my body. He redeemed me from the curse of sickness and disease. Why? Because he loves me so much. He sent Jesus and he gave me all this stuff. That's what this is talking about. Why is that? Let's go a little deeper. Because as he is, as he is, the righteous one who has all authority, seated at the right hand of God in heaven. He's been given all authority as he is, not as he was on the earth, as he is as a resurrected Lord. So are we in this world. In other words, you have authority. But if you don't understand how much God loves you, you're not going to be able to speak. Does that make sense? And the enemy will be able to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. This is why this is so important. Wow. Every crisis in your life is trying to separate you from faith. Everyone. And everyone will try to ignite to get you accusing yourself. Yeah, I'm just stupid. Why did I do that? You know, gosh, I've always been stupid. I've messed up in this area. Satan's going, say more. Say more, because the more you talk, the more you're losing sight of how much he loves you, which is cutting you off from revelation knowledge of his word. It's cutting you off from faith. It's cutting you off from everything. Even though it's all in you, you can't lay hold of it. Verse 18, check this out. There is no fear in love. I wonder... Do you know how many people in, in the world, or just in the United States, teenage pregnancies is exploding, right? Transgender stuff. Look at the suicide rate in people who have had transgender things. Their suicide rate's out the window. Alcoholism, drug abuse, all this stuff is exploding. We're, what's the root of all of it? Fear. Fear. Trying to cover up stuff. 
There is no fear in love. What does that mean? If you want to live fearless in this world, you have to have an intimate knowing that God loves me as much as he loves Jesus, that he'll never leave me, he'll never forsake me, whether I'm doing good or whether I'm not, whether I've messed up or whether I'm not. That's the message for the world. Listen, God doesn't care where you are. Come to him as you are, and he will make you as he is. Right? And I'm telling you, with all this identity stuff that's being mixed up, guess what? It's the breeding ground for supernatural miracles to happen in the church. As these people get free, because we love them, God reaches out and loves them through us. Right? God loves people. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It throws it out. It casts out, it comes over here, it, it, it grabs fear, and it casts it. It casts it out. You need to get fear out of your life, because fear is the, is the breeding ground for Satan to work. Right? Because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. The love of God can't be accomplished. Do you see how clear this is? And then here is the kicker. Here is the whole thing. We love him because he first loved us. Wow. This is so important that we know this. If a man say, verse 20... I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. You got to know when the love of God shows up, inferiority is erased. Coming short in this breeds an inferiority complex. The, the less you know about how much revelation that you have of how much God loves you, it'll cause you to feel inferior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't get into that next part even though I'm chomping at the bit too. You'll have to come back. Actually, next week we got Brother Doug here. Man, you guys are going to be blessed. He, he's a fantastic, fantastic teacher. I hope this helps you a little bit today. So putting it all together, I have to have this right. The number one thing that the Holy Spirit will be leading you in is finding out how much God loves you. That's step one. Yeah, but you know, I just know there's things in me that are stirring me that I'm supposed to do for him. Yeah, great. That's great. But the reason why you're frustrated and he's not talking about that because you're not ready for that yet. You've got to know because when you start stepping into what God has for you, all hell will break loose. But who cares when you know that he's for you? Amen? Hallelujah.